Good day, listeners. This is your host, Michael Martins, with the Martins Critical Review, broadcasting this afternoon from the new studio located somewhere in southern central British Columbia. In today's episode, we continue our series on the conservation of humanity, exploring and identifying the actual origins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. This will be a radical and thought-provoking information for many. Please stay tuned. What follows is a very important and rather shocking episode. Today, we're very fortunate to host a very special guest. Joining us for this episode is Dr. Li Min Yang. Dr. Yang is a medical doctor, PhD virologist, and independent coronavirus expert. She was educated at two top medical schools in China, Southern Medical University and Central South University. She was also conducted a postdoctorate fellow in the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong. Because of her extensive professional network and scientific evidence, Dr. Yan has the distinction of being the only Chinese insider in the West with first-hand knowledge about the true nature of the virus, as well as the CCP's deceptive methods used to disguise their international bioweapons research. Recognizing the great danger posed by the virus and the CCP plot to cover up its nefarious activities, Dr. Yan fled to the United States to reveal the truth to the world. Since coming to America, Dr. Yan has been the primary author of three research reports detailing the lab origins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Since escaping from Hong Kong on April 28, 2020, she has been interviewed four times by the FBI, including an FBI virologist, and each time she has been deemed credible. Dr. Yan has attracted worldwide media attention, being interviewed by major news outlets in India, Spain, Japan, Italy, across Asia. Examples include The Washington Post, Fox News, Newsmax, The Daily Mail, and The Tucker Carlson Tonight Show. Dr. Yan, thank you so much for your time today. It's a real pleasure to be able to host you, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. So maybe let's begin today, Dr. Yan, by first getting to know you a little bit better. Could you tell us what your original motivations were to pursue the field of medicine? Um, my motivation to pursue the field of medicine is very simple because I'm from a doctor's family that the most, uh, for me, that the person I respect most is my mom's father and my grandpa is a medical doctor uh, who had helped China to eliminate leprosy uh, in last, uh, I mean, 20, uh, 30 years ago. Okay, very interesting. And prior to this uh, SARS-CoV-2 outbreak, what did you envision your future was going to hold? Uh, sorry, could you? Uh, could sure. You so, that? prior to this, uh, the SARS outbreak, what did you envision that your future would look like? Oh, actually, I was a virologist and also immunologist in the University of Hong Kong, and I like that environment. And also, I get along very well with my colleagues. And I want to learn more and I want to do more in that research field and to develop, for example, at that time, I was working on the universal influenza vaccine development and I have my application of one patent in pending. And also I'm going to do more things in that field and I want to do something to help the translational medicine field, which means our outcomes can go into the clinical field to be applied. That's my hope. Okay, very good. And your actions to refute the official CCP narrative and the mainstream media narrative regarding the COVID-19 outbreak took great courage and bravery. Have you always been a brave and outspoken individual? Mm, sorry, can you repeat? 
my my this audio is not quite good at the end of the question. So okay, sorry. So have you always been a brave and outspoken individual? Because obviously, standing up against the CCP and speaking out is a rather courageous action. Uh, do you mean before the outbreak or after the outbreak? Yeah. So have you always been a brave person, or is this a new part of who you are? Uh, to be honest, before the outbreak, I never thought too much about the media. And of course, I keep standing out to tell the truth about COVID-19 and the motive and also other evidence I got from China, from CCP in front of the media since the outbreak. But I can tell you something else that I think there was, there was a world-class news happened in 2018 at that time, a Chinese scientist, He Jianhui, had edited two babies using some uh, gene he claimed that can prevent they have HIV. I'm not sure whether you heard about that, but it was one of the top news in the uh, biology world at that time. And because that work is really uh, anti-ethics, and also his work is really so reckless, and at that time, because the conference was held in the University of Hong Kong, and I attended that conference. So uh, in front of the media, and actually that is a, a live broadcast all over the world, and I have questioned him about his, uh, why he has done that, and uh, how could he pro uh, protect the case uh, welfare in the future. Mm -hmm. That is from the scientific field, from the immunology consistent concerns. Interesting, interesting. And then can you provide us with a definition of gain of function research? And what is the purpose of such research? Because it seems to me that only negative outcomes can come from such actions. Oh, actually, gain of function is a very wide concept. Basically, the gain of function uh, should be opposite to reduce the bad function. So gain of function actually means not gain the good function. It is specifically uh, to talk about the gain the bad function, which would be harmful to human. For example, make the virus or other pathogens, which is not uh, easy to infect people, to become potential easily infect human. And the gain function concept actually was changed uh, uh, since the past few decades because. Uh, as I always try to tell people that all these things we see now in the pandemic is not only an accident. And I am the scientist working in that field, and I work with the top scientists in this field. So I can tell you that based on evidence from last 20 years or even longer, they try to change the concept. And especially from the 2014, because more scientists start to realize that the danger of such game function experiment. So the scientific community somehow, they decide to change this kind of conception and then they can do something in the gray area in this field. So they will try something and then they will let people to see this is function enhanced. All they call it dual use and you cannot um, using some standard definition to define it because you are not a scientist, they are. So that's how you say now, they are arguing that, oh no, this is not gain function. And Dr. Fauci claimed that 
he didn't uh, sponsor the gain of function in China, but actually, let me clearly tell you that if Dr. Fauci or Peter Daszak, they cannot realize this is not gain of function, then either they are incapable or they are lying. Well said, well said. So Dr. Yan, the mainstream media and most governments across the world would like us to believe that the SARS-CoV-2 virus originated in a wet market in Wuhan or perhaps from uh, bat droppings in a mine in Mojiang. Could you please provide us with a simple explanation as to why those claims simply cannot be true? Okay, so uh, because first, uh, there is no in, uh, intermediate animal host which like this virus more than human at the beginning of the outbreak. And I have the first-hand information because since 31st December 2019, I was assigned for the confidential investigation about the Wuhan new virus on behalf of the WHO reference lab in the University of Hong Kong. So I had my personal massive network in China involving civil and military hospitals, research labs, even China CDC. And I can tell you that even until now, no one can provide the evidence that the virus has animal host. And all the things they try to do, from the bat to the pangolin to the snake uh, to other animals, are all the fabricated data, which I have already reviewed using the scientific evidence in my reports. And also, one more thing I can tell you is, at that time, before 19th January 2020, before my first time revelation of the postings about true origin, uh, I actually uh, got the information that someone, one a scientist to look for some animal called raccoon dog, which is like the civet cat, like some fox, and uh, they want people to think this is a host. And they want people to believe their narrative that somehow virus come uh, from nature and uh, goes to some raccoon dog, which was uh, sold in the seafood market and jumped to human. But my research, my investigation uh, in Wuhan about all these things, I mean, from Wuhan, confirmed that nothing happened like that. And instead, China is hiding the things and China is lying to the world. So there has been a coordinated effort then to deceive the scientific community and the general public regarding the true identity and true origins so that the origins of this virus remain hidden. Exactly, and it's wildly, uh, and also it is kind of well-organized, but somehow because I jumped out at that time in the middle of January and I delivered the message, the five messages from the older media in Chinese on YouTube, which is the biggest, uh, the most influential anti-CCP uh, YouTube channel. So at that time, all the five messages now are verified, no one can refute it, and the China government realized that there are real insiders come, a real insider come out. So China was pushed to change their plans, and they have slowed down the spreading of the virus and they have to admit something, and they have to throw out some fake evidence, which lead to more mistake in the future. Interesting. So 
does the SARS-CoV-2 virus then show biological characteristics that are inconsistent with a naturally occurring zootonic virus? Oh, yes. So the, actually, the SARS-CoV-2 is totally inconsistent with the nature occurring theory. And uh, all this can be reviewed and approved in my Yang reports. There are scientific data and gene from genetic to the statistic and also from the uh, uh, the patient history, and also uh, I reviewed their uh, fabricating data, which involved uh, both Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology and also the massive uh, military civil fusion uh, research network under China. And also, uh, there are uh, more evidence that can prove that this virus, no matter from the timing it come out, from the way it go to human, the uh, damage it made to human, and compared to the uh, the back backbone of the virus, PLM People's Liberation Army obtained and owned. I mean, all these things can tell you this cannot be nature occurring, and this cannot be just accident leak from the lab because they are uh, they have some sample. Definitely, they have done a lot of modifications more than you know now, and then release it to the neighborhood and somehow makes the outbreak. And so another indication then would be the fact that when this outbreak began, it was seen that it was already very well adapted to humans, particularly binding to the ACE2 receptor. Uh, and I, I recall reading in the reports that um, the, the affinity for the binding is much greater than the bat or the pangolin. And therefore, this, this is another uh, line of evidence that this is a created virus with the human as a target. Oh, yeah. So first, let's talk about the time the outbreak started. So based on my evidence and information and my expertise, I can tell you that it should be the outbreak in Wuhan should start from like early November or maybe the end of October, which we China refused to hand it over. And it cannot be uh, late than November because they already even claim, I mean, China claims they had a patient on set from the 1st of December. And, and according to my information that they already too early because according to the transmissibility of this virus, if it happened, for example, at the end of summer, then the outbreak will be much worse than we can see now because Wuhan is one of the biggest cities in China and the biggest transportation hub. It has 10 million people and also very busy trafficking all over China. And also there were other individual sources prove that the vaccine, uh, that the virus actually was intentionally released since the uh, military sports meeting and some circumstantial evidence also pointed to that, which I can tell you that uh, even though there was a military sports meeting release, uh, which I need to see more evidence, but I don't think that was a successful release because according to the evidence we see now, uh, for example, the American uh, athletes they didn't get confirmed for COVID. And also other countries didn't have such outbreak right after 
end of no October. So that's how I uh, make this judgment. And more evidence you can refer to my reports, and I will provide more in the next reports. Okay. Uh, and so that, that you're speaking of the world military games that took place in Wuhan. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, so there actually, I recall reading some reports that there were some unexplained viral pneumonia from some of the athletes from the Canadian military that came home uh, and they were, that information was somewhat covered up and, and buried. So there may be some, another line of evidence for you to look at there. Oh, yes, that's why I, I keep telling that. I want to see more evidence about that uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, if this is a successful release, I mean, if China want to intentionally make it, China has a plan and to make it, I can tell you clearly in their document, in the military documents, they have talked about such global uh, games like Olympics and uh, also like World Cup would be the suitable place to release uh, this kind of non-traditional bioweapon because people get gathered, gather, uh, get gathered in the short term and then they will fly all over the world to spread it all over the world and make it look really like from the nature. But the thing is, uh, I mean, based on evidence, I say that uh, some people said American uh, athletes got infected, but I also say the State of Department, if I didn't remember wrong, they claimed recently that there was no evidence they got in fact uh, COVID because there can be COVID-like symptoms. It can be flu, it can be other disease, and also for the Canadian athletes, I mean, if they were confirmed as COVID, there should be antibody result, and it's better they have PCR result. And we need to say that if not, we cannot say that is COVID infection. Okay, okay. So back to the, the, in your first report, where you talk about the fact that the virus has been su uh, subjected to in vitro manipulation. Um, the genomic sequence seems suspiciously similar to other bat coronaviruses, which are in the library of military laboratories held by the CCP. Is that correct? Yes. And then the receptor binding motif within the spike protein uh, also shows some evidence of manipulation. Can you describe some of those for us? Oh, first let's talk about the PLA, People's Liberation Army, that special bad coronavirus. They have named it as ZC45 and also a twin-like virus uh, detected at the same time called ZXC21. This was published in NIH database GeneBank uh, at the end of 2017 to early 2018. And actually, before Shi Zhengli, the bad woman from Wuhan, published her so-called uh, SARS-CoV-2's ancestor, RATG13 virus, before that, these are the only virus get close to the SARS-CoV-2 in the database among thousands of thousands of the virus. And also, if you check the chronology, you will see that Shi Jingli actually submit the RATG13 data right after my revelation, the next day after my revelation. And she even didn't submit the sequence to NIH Gene Bank until over one week later. And also, in her RATG13 virus sequence, actually, I have pointed a lot of the problems 
which shows that clearly that virus doesn't exist in the nature. Somehow it was made up, become a sequence in her lab. And I have my intelligence shows that Shi Zhenli never had such virus isolated successfully in her lab. And what I want to tell is, why don't they want you to know the real backbone, which is ZC45 and ZXC21? Because among the around 12% of the sequence difference between the backbone to COVID-19, there is enough room for military scientists and their partners to make the gene function modifications. What you are talking about is only now focused on the furin cleavage site and some other receptor binding place, but that's just the two major change in the virus. Besides that, China has spent years to look for the neurotoxicity uh, pathogens and learn the knowledge from those pathogens which can cause the brain infection and the other more infections in multiple systems. So in this virus, actually, China has designed many other functions to insert inside. No matter if successful or not, if you don't realize it, if you don't check it, compare it with the real backbone, if you don't ask China to tell you what they have done to that, there will be more secrets which will become the unknown symptoms to human and you cannot solve it from the end, from the root. So that is very important. And this, and also, sorry, carry on, carry on. And also uh, you mentioned about the uh, receptor bending. So that receptor bending, if you compare the SARS-CoV-2 uh, uh, with the PLA's virus as I compared in my reports, actually they have deliberately changed some part, but somehow they make the very important part. You can consider the receptor band is like the hand you use in finger, but maybe just three finger is in, uh, enough for you to catch the things. So you make the three, fin three fingers exactly looks like SAS1. Learn this function from SAS1, which doesn't happen in that bad coronavirus. And then you change the other two fingers into the other way to make people you know, had less suspicious about the similarity between this whole part and SARS-1. That's their tricks. And we analyze that and we show why the CCP scientists can't do that because they are well experienced in the coronavirus field and they have their extensive collaborators from the American scientists to grab the advanced technology back to China. So that essentially then they're hiding the fact that they're using the original SARS as the backbone for SARS-CoV-2. It's not original SARS, it's a bad coronavirus because, you know, uh, China recruits scientists from both military and other civil labs to search the new virus, especially the new coronavirus, because in their own document, they said, learned from SARS-1, Coronavirus is a good material to develop their novel, I mean, non-traditional bioweapon, which I define as unrestricted bioweapon. So they finally, the successful one is the PLA uh, obtained. It's called CC45. And they have this backbone, and then they play with it like you play in Lego. 
So they learn the knowledge from SAS one. They learn knowledge from a uh, high passaging event pool. They learn the knowledge from other like dengue, other virus, and then play it there. So they make add more functions there because the virus is not just a puzzle. So some functions they added actually are not well done as they expected in human. But some other functions they didn't expect it. For example, the transmissibility was enhanced like crazy. And that's why when they try to do more trial in the neighborhood in Wuhan to optimize the function of SARS-CoV-2, this is out of control because high transmissibility leads to the outbreak in Wuhan and they try to cover up. Okay, and so this furin cleavage site then, this is what's conferring the additional significant potential for infectivity and pathogenicity of the virus? Yes, because furin cleavage site doesn't stay in this species of the virus. I mean, we call it the beta non-beta coronavirus, non-beta coronavirus, they don't have that. We explain it in the, in the, First report, I have compared the, all these kind of virus uh, to show people that in the SARS-CoV-2, they jump in into such uh, furin cleavage site. And there are other artificial evidence to show that they had modified it and for their convenience, they left some genome market, uh, marks inside. And also those scientists, including the professor Fundy in the University of Minnesota, they even later, I mean, in 2020, they published more paper using the same way to show people, see, the furin cleavage side is functional. So that is the way as a thing, uh, smoking gun to confirm that they were the one really understand and they were the one really good at it using their special ways. And the furin cleavage side actually, if they learn the knowledge from high pathogen even flu and from Ebola, from other virus, and they know that once you insert it into this non-harmful bad coronavirus, it will help the virus easily to get infect into human cells. So that is very typical game function study here. Okay, so that essentially is the signature of the genetic manipulation that has occurred with this uh, genomic sequence. Yes. Okay, and then we also, in your research there, uh, with respect to the envelope protein, we see that there are changes which would have, or there's, there's a lack of changes which we would have seen coming from bat to human, uh, which again indicates that there's some genomic manipulation there. Yes, that is actually the, one of the most important evidence to show people's liberation army and their scientists, uh, in, I mean, deliberately to, uh, Modify this virus based on the ZC45 and the ZXC212 virus. When I first reviewed it from 19th January via the media, that's why China realized someone really knows their secrets. And until now, no one can refute it. Let me explain a little bit more about that. So, this E protein is a comparably conserved protein, which means during the evolution, during the circulation in the population, uh, it will change slowly compared to S protein. Somehow, it doesn't mean it cannot change. 
So if this virus has been uh, suffered from the natural evolution uh, after years, jumped between bat to other animal and to other animal to human, then this is inevitable that the virus, uh, the E protein will change. For example, just after several weeks uh, in the outbreak among human, this E protein already start change. But somehow here, why didn't it change? Because in the lab, when you do the experiment, you can focus on some other part. Here, we will uh, mention it as a spike protein. That is the most part China try to put the functions in. And after that, because the E protein, they don't want to change it. E protein, if you change it with other virus and after their experiment in the labs, they cannot guarantee the E protein uh, will keep the same. Somehow this E protein had other function is, first they can uh, guarantee the amplification of the virus. And also they can guarantee the neurotoxicity of the virus. And the Joshan that coronavirus, ZC45 and ZX21, was proved to have the potential infection to the brain in the animal model. So you see what happened? China get this virus from bat, and China say, oh, this virus is good. We want something potentially infect human's brain, and at least in the animal, it shows it can infect brain, and because this capacity is valuable, and they don't want to change the E-protein in case they ruin this capacity. That's why, I mean, it's easy. They can do it in the genetic, uh, reverse genetic. So they first change the other part, and at the end, they again install this E-protein e -protein back to the whole virus to guarantee it looks exactly the same as what happened in the original virus. So am I correct then in assuming the, the work that goes into this this is not, this is a, an orchestrated effort requiring great resources and many iterations to arrive at the result. This isn't a, an accident that suddenly emerged from the lab. This was a concerted plan to develop and then continually to increase the pathogenicity of this uh, viral backbone. Uh, yeah, almost like that. Uh, what, what I want to emphasize is this virus and the production is definitely well planned by China and in their military civil fusion network involved labs in China and their partners out of China, which provide money and technology. And if you only focus on Wuhan, definitely you cannot see the whole picture and you cannot solve this whole problem. The second thing is this virus is not released out of the lab by the accident because I'm the virologist working in the uh, P3 lab, BSL3 lab, uh, in the WHO reference lab. I can tell you that no matter BSL3 or BSL4 lab, there is no chance such virus can come out and without evidence to show it's leaked. I mean, what I can tell you, there are more people claim this is accident, but the evidence are not solid. And uh, this is no way this can be quietly uh, leaked from the lab. And also, there are more evidence can prove that there are people and also uh, the people actually, they, they are uh, controlled by PLA, by CCP. They bring the labs out, uh, bring the virus out of the safety lab 
and release it to the neighborhood because China's document already said that they want some looks like from nature's novel pathogen and the novel pathogen can infect people and to optimize the function of the novel pathogen as a non-traditional bioweapon, it's the best thing is to release it to some environment which is identical to the enemy's environment to do the test. And somehow this test out of control because they underestimate the transmissibility that is because first, those Chinese scientists, they are very reckless. They don't really care about the work they were working on. And I'm from China, I can tell you that. The second thing is they are not the expert in the transmissibility. And actually the animal model to prove the high transmissibility, the right animal model paper was published by me with my colleagues in May, 2020. So there is no way the Chinese scientists know the high transmissibility before that time. Altogether, I mean, China doing the trial in the neighborhood using Chinese people, and then it gets out of control. And then they try to cover up later on. Once it cannot be covered up and I revealed it, I tried to call for pressure from international world to press China to hold, uh, to hold this uh, outbreak in control. Somehow, China decided to take the advantage to spread it all over the world as they planned. So that is basically the whole story. And you can see all the lies and all the uh, corruptions altogether. This is not an accident. I mean, it's a remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, if we look at the Wuhan Institute of Virology for a moment, um, I understand that it's engaged in decades-long coronavirus surveillance studies, and it has one of the world's largest collections of coronavirus. Is that is that true? Uh, yes. And, and it so, is a window for the military civil fusion network in China. It looks like civilian lab. And, and that's when, when you say PLA, that's the People's Liberation Army, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so does the Wuhan Institute of Virology then have technical, sufficient technical expertise and experience to carry out these genetic modifications on the spike protein and the RMB engineering, uh, et cetera? I have proved that some of part were done by the scientists from Wuhan Virology of, uh, Institute of Virology, no matter whether they really practiced it in Wuhan, because they can also do it in the other labs because they have the expertise while the other part of this virus were modified in other maps under the uh, Academy of Mi uh, Military Medical Science in China. And there are other, many other experts also focusing on coronavirus and also more dangerous virus, including West Nile, Ebola, and dengue, and uh, all the other type of the dangerous virus. So this is not the virus can be done within one lab. And the Wuhan lab doesn't have all the expertise. So you can consider it as a car. You install the different part of the car in different factories, and finally it circles back to Wuhan. And because they pretend uh, there are other sources to show that they want to do some monkey test in Wuhan, and that also the Wuhan some virology labs, which connected to WIV. 
And later, when they try to do neighborhood trial, Wuhan is also a good place because it has enough surveillance systems, it has military and also uh, civil labs and hospitals, and it is not close to Shanghai or Beijing, which top Chinese CCP member state. So that is their choice. So if, if we look at uh, the geopolitical impacts of the CCP's actions for a moment, you've identified uh, three major pillars of their plan. Uh, can yeah. we look at each one of those for a moment? Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, actually, uh, there are different pillars. Uh, the first one is they have done the military, massive military civil fusion network. And that means in China, actually, you can consider the military scientists and the civil scientists, there is no clear boundary. And usually the military scientists, they can change to civilian identities at any time. And also once, uh, once the China government wants the civilian scientists to work for military, they have to because that is in China. And also they use this advantage to infiltrate America. For example, in a famous lab in New York, the New York Blood Center, there were a lot of military scientists who had strong connection to CCP stay here. And one of the best advantage for them stay in New York is they can easily get access to the Americans' genetic data. And China never gave up the idea to make genetic weapons target their enemies, especially Americans. And also, they have done a lot of other uh, research using the advanced technology and the taxpayers' money from America and other countries. And also, the second pillar is their scientific and academic field. That is an easy entry for people from China to get infiltrated in America and other countries because uh, we always think that there should be no boundary in science. But somehow in America, you can have the regulations to restrain some research. But in China, that they can get all the, uh, the advanced technology and do whatever they want. And also because there is no boundary, they can establish their strong network to bribe or to uh, like the kidnap those scientists to work for them. And the third one is that the misinformation. As you already have seen that from the beginning, CCP and WHO try to hide, uh, cover up all this outbreak. They tell you no human-to-human -human transmission. They tell you uh, no need to worry about the things. It's like the flu, but no, it's not like that. So this is misinformation. And later you see a lot of top scientists in the world, they write letters on Lancet, or the Nobel laureate write letters to tell White House that this virus comes from nature, and it is not from the lab. The lab origin is conspiracy. Now it's also proved as misinformation. Also, you see the mainstream media, they start to tell you to believe that vaccines can be helpful, and also it's the only way to help you. And also it tells you that don't believe it's from the lab, and China is innocent. Now you also know that is misinformation. All these pillars are the reason why the pandemic can be like this now and it worsens the whole situation it kills your time and they try to ruin people like me's reputation to make a silent 
and then you won't say the truth. So all these things really need to be known by Americans because now you still have freedom to stand out to fight for your future. So Dr. Yan, there was a situation here in Canada, which I'm not sure you're aware of. There was a uh, virology, a military virology uh, lab in Manitoba where the uh, husband and wife uh, Chinese scientist team were sent home and our corrupt government here has somewhat covered that up. Uh, based on what you've said, can we assume that those two scientists are essentially military operatives that were here for nefarious purposes? No matter whether they really hold the position in the Chinese military, which is doesn't uh, which doesn't important, because we know that they actually work with military scientists, and I know that, and I told people much earlier before this uh, breaking news from Canada. For example, I say the breaking news, and then they talk about oh, we spent years just know someone named. Wei Chen actually from uh, from Beijing Biology uh, Bio uh, Engineering Institute actually is the same person that General Chen Wei who took over the Wuhan lab last February. They feel shocked, but let me tell you that I know that from the beginning, and the people following my broadcast, especially the Chinese people, they know it well because that is a typical example that. China gave Chen Wei the general position and gave her the institute, but they didn't using the military name to publish the paper. In the publications, they changed the name to the Beijing Bioengineering uh, Institute, which sounds very civilian. And also because Wei Chen and Chen Wei, this is very common name, and they just changed the, uh, you know, because this is a pronunciation, and you just see the pronunciation and you won't recognize whether this is the same person. Definitely China won't tell you this is the same person. So for so many years, the uh, people in the West are treated by China because China used your trust and China studied your laws. China know how to do these things without your notice and even if someone noticed as a bribe or silence that person. And that's how it happened. And that's why I need to stand out and let people know all these tricks because there is information, I have intelligence, I really know what happened there. Also, I'm not the person made aid, and that's why China is so angry about me. Well, I, I can imagine they're very angry about you. Uh, and can we also then, uh, a gentleman like uh, Gao Fu from your Chinese CDC, is he also somebody that flips between science and military? Uh, Gulf is a CDC um, head, and what I can tell you is that Gulf actually is one of the important person to coordinate such studies, no matter between military and also civilian labs. For example, in 2010, one uh, grant Gulf got from China's national grant is to uh, spend five years and call for multiple uh, labs, including uh, the military and civilian labs to collect the new pathogens from the animals, wild animals. And they want as many as possible. And they want, like, for example, they focus on coronavirus, Zika, and Western Nile, Ebola, uh, dengue, yellow fever, all these dangerous virus. And they even, they notice that they want the best, I mean, at the best, they want uh, two to three novel neurotoxicity pathogens were found 
uh, every year. And what else I can tell you is I personally uh, have met Gaofu and he went to my lab in the University of Hong Kong to appreciate my supervisor, the WHO, uh, WHO leading uh, infectious disease expert, Prof. Manik Paris. Gaofu appreciate Manik's help in helping him get the good reputation in the international scientific world and they are the allies. And also I want to mention Gaofu is one important person, but Manik Paris is more important because he had solid expertise and also knowledge from SARS-1 to MERS to SARS-2. I worked with him for five years. My husband is his best assistant for over 10 years. And Manik using his advantage as Sri Lanka person. And also he studied in Oxford. He can practice in U. to the international scientific world like WHO or top medical journals or the Academy of uh, Science in America to coordinate all this kind of misinformation campaign and provide his knowledge to China to develop such non-traditional bioweapon. Uh, I mean, this is just incredible information, Dr. Yan. Um, oh, he's awarded to the top uh, Chinese Nobel Prize recently as his funding in the SARS, MERS, and SARS-2 just two weeks ago, and they called it Future Science Prize. Wow. Uh, and then finally in this segment here, has the CCP created, infiltrated, or influenced the growing leftist socialist agenda in America and, and Canada as well? Uh, actually, China always tried to divide American, divide uh, the other Western countries because China is a, a you know, a dictatorship country and they like Marxism, they worship that, they want the whole world to become Marxism, Moism, and the socialist is also one of the examples they are working on and they're using their ideology to brainwash people, to make people feel this is life. Uh, I mean, with the equal and also the loves uh, among their populations. But turns out, if you really stay in the Communist Party like China, you will see the real cruel reality about the communism. That means everyone are the slaves for those kind of um, top people. And even the top people themselves finally will be the slave to other new generation of the top peoples. And this is a very evil ideology, and they always cheat you, as you see in the coronavirus uh, pandemic. This is all the lies, but they make the propaganda everywhere from your social media, from your mainstream media, even from like scientific field. And once you lose your judgment about the freedom, about, uh, about the democracy to the dictatorship, and you will uh, become their uh, how says the uh, their uh, priest? So they're they're priest, yeah. And then they will catch you. That's why China said by 2035 they want to become the world dominance using their communism ideology. Now they are accelerating it. I had recent evidence. The document from China shows that they claim they had huge trophy during the COVID-19 pandemic, and they will grab the opportunities 
in the crisis and using the infectious disease prevention and the control to achieve their uh, community of common destiny, which is a term to show make all the world become communism. Well, of course, in Canada, we just had a federal election and 60% of Canadians voted for uh, the prelude of communism. Uh, so I, I wish all those people in Canada that think communism and socialism is great, listen carefully to the words that you're speaking as somebody who has lived through communism and real realizes the the true horrors behind that that it, it is not a it's not a friendly system it's a system which is built on oppression and and death oh it's not friendly at all don't use that word friendly is too mild for them actually it's an evil system trust me i mean they show you something which is just a propaganda and indeed, when you come to China, you really live in that system. When you become their slaves, you will feel there is no future. And I don't want the Canadians have that feeling because once you have that feeling, that means China is success uh, is successful. So we have to hold the last chance. It's urgent for us. Besides COVID-19, they have other this kind of unrestricted bioweapon, and they have other unrestricted techniques to rule your civilizations. The final goal is to achieve communism. They want to become the world dominant. So great segue here into this concept of unrestricted bioweapon. Uh, can you give us uh, your definition of what this unrestricted bioweapon and what this program is all about? Okay, this is the definition, uh, definition I raised in the second Yin report. Because when I check the bioweapon concept, Actually, this is not, I mean, the COVID-19 doesn't fit the standard definition of bioweapon. First, from the bioweapon convention, they mainly focus on the bioweapon which is used in the war and now it's not in the war. And they said it targets the military, now we say it targets no matter military or the other people. And you also, they always mention about the large-scale killing bioweapon, and now you say the low death rate of the COVID-19 make people difficult to identify it as bioweapon. Actually, China learned the bioweapon convention very well. They did analyze, they know who are the surveillance system like WHO, uh, FDA, NIH, and they know how to uh, infiltrate inside and manipulate them. And they know that once this bioweapon convention cannot hold them, there is no other a solution for people to define it. And also they study the bioterrorism uh, regulations. So the bioterrorism regulations around the world, they have different lists in America, in Europe, in Russia. And in this uh, bioreagent list, they list many uh, dangerous virus, but no coronavirus. That means all these countries when they establish their biodefense system, they would ignore coronavirus. So you see, China learned all these things and they know they need to develop something which is not the traditional bioweapon, which is has no limitation in the uh, I mean uh, in the damage and also no consideration of the humanity they can use at any time to achieve their goals. That's why I uh, define it as unrestricted bioweapon. And also another very important thing is 
this unrestricted bioweapon has to work together with their unrestricted uh, misinformation, especially the scientific misinformation. Image at the beginning of the outbreak, if no one tell you that China has done well in this, and if no one tell you that this is not human to human transmission, if no one tell you this is from nature, if no one tell you that there is no early treatment, no drug prophylaxis, uh, all the things can be changed. I mean, this is kind of low death rate virus. It is potentially harm to multiple systems, but we do have some way to control it at the early stage to reduce the damage in your body. And that is not the vaccine we are using now. Yeah, it's, it seems that the data coming out of China in terms of the effects of COVID-19 are, are much less than anywhere else in the world, given the population. And we were initially suspicious that most of the news that comes out of China isn't real, uh, but perhaps they were addressing the situation differently within their borders because they really, it is all making sense now why there's less death within China and less cases because they probably are administering products to stop the spread. Uh, while the rest of the world uh, is dealing with the consequences. Oh, talk about the uh, China's control of the COVID. That is another story. First, you should never believe China's data. The data from China, and I have the first-hand data from beginning uh, in Wuhan in the hospitals, which shows that China don't report the cases. They don't give the patients diagnosis. They ignore it. They postpone it. And even people died, they will say, oh, they are not confirmed cases, so they are not calculated. And also in America, in Canada, for example, I mean, I'm not sure about in Canada, but I know in America, once the person got COVID in fact, and later if he died of the heart problem or other problem, he still will be considered as a COVID case. But in China, it's just opposite. They will wait until the virus in the PCR test to negative, and then they will say, oh, okay, now he's dying, but it's not because of COVID. And also, the other thing is, in China, they do use drugs, and they know that hydroxychloroquine and other drugs works. Although they, there are many people, especially in Wuhan lockdown that time, it's very inhumidian, and uh, very inhumidian that they cannot get treated. They were locked at home, and they died at home. But somehow in other places, the doctors, they can use drugs to treat people and hydroxychloroquine is safe and it is the OTC drug in China and there are other combined protocols. Somehow Chinese government tried to deliver the misinformation to let people believe that hydroxychloroquine is toxic, which doesn't work. And then they can sell you the vaccines. And on the other hand, that remember, China released aid, so China can stop release aid in China, and the China control it in Wuhan. China let people uh, spread, I mean, the innocent people spread it uh, through the flies to all over the world. That is also one of the tactics mentioned in CCP's documents. They mentioned that people can carry uh, asymptoms, means that they can have symptoms, but not at that period. They can carry it, and pe other people can't notice that they bring the pathogen to your countries. 
So China has so many combined strategies to make the situation worse all over the world. But in China, they can try to control. But somehow, don't believe China's word. I can tell you that there are still cases in China, and they don't want to tell you the real data. Okay, and of course, it seems like the the first victims of this bioweapon attack were the people within Wuhan city. Is that so? The, the CCP was testing out their bioweapon on the people of Wuhan. Yes, they never care about people. You know, in China, there is routine that organ transplantation from humans to humans. I mean, you don't know where the donation of the organs from, you don't know who's the donor, right? And uh, it's like in China, they also mistreat people. We had very terrible history and uh, tens of millions of people died in the several years uh, in the Cultural Revolution and also in the uh, big star. All these things happen. So China never care about human lives for them to, uh, achieve the best uh, you know, uh, character of this virus is more important than Chinese citizens' lives. But I won't tell you, it's the, there are some people that uh, the Wuhan Virus uh, Institute that uh, researchers who infect it are the zero patient, which I don't think so, because I also have evidence to show that at the early break time, Wuhan labs still work functionally well, and it's China government stopped them to get too close to the uh, central work of the outbreak because they want to reduce the suspicious uh, in public of the uh, Wuhan labs. And if there were researchers get infected initially uh, based on my network, there would be definitely the information come out, but there were not. They really work well, and China knows Wuhan lab at that time work well. Okay. And so we have a large number of, and, and a, a, a range of symptoms as well as severity of symptoms related to the COVID-19 infection. And this is somewhat uh, curious and mysterious and, and obviously seems to be the results of an artificial design. Can we, can we look through uh, some of these uh, problems of, in terms of COVID illness? Uh, and let's begin with the coagulopathy. How is this, uh, do you have an idea how this is happening with this virus? Uh, what I can generally tell you that uh, this virus actually, it also has a low death rate, but it has the high rate of the, uh, the uh, complications. So it involved both, uh, not both, I mean, involved multiple different types of the disorders, like the blood clot, uh, like the autoimmune disease, and like the, uh, uh, neurotoxicities, including the depression, this kind of emotional change, and also uh, like the lose the uh, smell, lose the memory or headache, or this kind of physically uh, feelings. And also, uh, this virus has antibody enhanced, uh, dependent enhancement. Uh, that is some uh, phenomenon stay in some type of virus, like the dengue or coronavirus, especially SARS type virus. So that means your antibody will attack your body uh, once you get infection or you get the re, um, I mean, after you get reinfection when you face to, to the uh, variant uh, mutations. So this means the vaccine would also give you the side effect potentially when you next time read the new variant and get a reinfection. All these things, I think you, you mentioned about, uh, can, can you, could you tell me what you mentioned? I didn't hear it well just now. 
No, you're you're co you're covering that. I mean, it's it, do do we have an idea of why there's so many symptoms? Uh, was this something that was engineered uh, to have oh. these these symptoms and the and the severity of these symptoms, or is this just a lucky coincidence? Oh, definitely, it's not coincidence. And image, uh, I mean, remember that is from the virus that even cannot infect human in the beginning. And how come it suddenly gets so many uh, functions? and target human like humans so much. And you know, we have checked the animals, for example, like dogs and cats, this kind of pet, they can carry the coronavirus, but they don't have such big symptoms. So this symptom, as I told you, is actually these are the function gained in the virus, especially, I mean, they focus on the spike protein because compared to the bad coronavirus, they say 45 and they X21, the SARS-CoV-2 has almost 40% change in the S protein. And they have, I mean, these scientists, they have learned a lot of knowledge. For example, some functions can make you have the brain problem, and some functions can lead to the immune disorder become worse, and some function can attack your vessel, make your vessel has a damage, and then you can cause a lot of blood clot all over your body. These are the things based on the nature of the coronavirus. And then enhanced because they add more function like playing uh, Lego and to this uh, S protein and other part of the coronavirus. And the only purpose is to make it enhanced, make it target human, uh, make it become a very uh, evil, uh, this kind of unrestricted bioweapon. And China also had raised their theory that they want such unrestricted bioweapon can be everlasting in the environment, which means it can go from human to animal and back from animal to human and generate virus of mutations. And that's what we have seen now, right? There are so many animals can get infected and according to the transmissibility, you don't know whether later the virus will come from certain animals back to you and even become worse. So just to, just to touch base and, and explore the concept further of these, these additions, uh, you, you say it's like adding Lego. So this is through CRISPR technology, is it? Where they're, they're taking known genomic sequences that have a specific pathogenic effect and they're stacking those into the spike protein? Uh, there are many ways they can do it. Basically, they have to change the genome of the virus. That's why I send the comparison of the genome as a basic evidence that China has done the gene of function change. But you have to also test it. But once you have changed the genome, you have to see whether the function really work well in the target population, especially here, they means human. So it, it is usually you can make some uh, computational model, and also you can get experience from your previous study to know that some type of the genome change can lead to some type of the function change. But somehow, because you need to uh, move that function from other virus from the coronavirus, so there is a risk because in the biology uh, field, there is always random result come out. So whether the virus like it or not also will decide whether the function uh, stay well or not in the coronavirus. That's why they have done a lot of change, but we say now the very well change, including the uh, 
receptor binding to the human ACE2 and including the uh, the uh, the um, antibody dependent enhancement and including the virus mutations. These are also based on the coronavirus its own uh, characters and it gets enhanced. So it works. Uh, I mean, it works better than some other functions. Understood. So based on this, and, and my my uh, what I've learned from your research here, the fact that these uh, mRNA vaccines which have been produced ha are encoding this spike protein, which is clearly genetically manipulated. This this sort of raises a, an additional concern now that people are being injected with this genetically altered spike protein, which essentially is man-made. Um, there's obviously a greater concern here uh, for people's bodies to produce this spike protein because this is clearly the target of this bioweapon research. Is that correct? Uh, exactly. I think you you almost tell all the uh, points here because from the beginning, I mean, back from uh, February 2020, I have wrote paper in the uh, in one interview uh, in China. I told people don't expect much about the vaccine. You won't get the vaccine in the short term, especially for this type of virus. Because first, we never had successful vaccine for SARS-1 even. Now this is basically enhanced version of SARS-1. It has a function from SARS-1 like the receptor binding and like the cytokine storm and like the uh, antibody dependent enhance, uh, enhancement. These are all proved by the data now. And also it has extra uh, those additional uh, functions to target human. And once you just simply equip it, uh, the S protein into the vaccine and inject it into human body, yeah, it will lose some function compared to it staying in the live virus. But it also still carries some uh, harmful functions in that S protein, and which you cannot get avoid of such potential damage in your body. And because this virus will designed to target multiple organs in your body. So you even don't know what will happen to your organs because there are always some vulnerable part in your body. And this adverse effect can be hidden and you may not see it immediately and you may not see it maybe before the next infection, but somehow this is a risk. That's why, I mean, I'm the vaccine uh, scientist I, I know how to study vaccines but i also want to tell people this is not anti-vaccine this is to tell you that uh you have to be cautious to use the vaccine and also before we apply such vaccine massively in human we must conduct enough experiment to understand the virus and to understand what would happen in the vaccine in human somehow unfortunately all these steps are skipped. Even until now, we didn't see enough data. We didn't see very uh, many important data. For example, how the mRNA vaccine stays in brain. And also, we didn't see uh, enough data to talk about the adverse effect and study on that. This is very rushed to put such vaccines without enough evidence to prove its safety. And of course, it cannot prevent the transmission and also uh, variant. So this is a very big risk in our whole population. And now they even try to give it to children. They try to talk to about the booster, 
And that is all the very, very dangerous things people are doing. And that's why I also issued a statement two weeks ago to call for scientists and physicians to collect more data and establish the adverse effect after vaccination to check the safety and the prevention of the uh, efficiency of the vaccine and improve the vaccine. Also, I call for the big pharmaceutical companies and also the government and also like the NIH CDC, these kind of authorities to be transparent in their data, in their process to approve the vaccines. Then people can help to check, people can help to improve it. More importantly, the early treatment and the prophylaxis using cheap drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin works. So let them work. This is to save lives. Yes, absolutely. And so with, with these mRNA vaccines and the, and the negative effects we're seeing, is some of the immunosuppression that we're seeing a result of the, the contents of the S protein or the spike protein? And, and uh, as well, we're seeing some of the reactions with the syncytin proteins uh, resulting in uh, uh, miscarriage and, and menstrual irregularities. These are, there are a lot of uh, immune disorder related phenomena, I mean, symptoms or phenomena we have seen from the data. And we need to see more data to and do the more uh, investigation in the labs to understand what happened. Because once it goes into your immunology system, this is a very, very complicated system. Uh, some uh, immune uh, factors can be increased to lead some kind of symptom. Some can be reduced. And uh, you can consider as a totally like, uh, for example, you, you want to train the dogs. And the dogs, some are the stupid dogs, they will forget uh, who, who are the target. And some other more stupid dogs, they even bite the owner after training. And some other good dogs, I mean, they really can defend the uh, enemies. So once you have a whole bunch of such dogs in your room, and once there are some enemy coming, or even the owner coming, I mean, you can image what kind of chaos happening in your house, right? And that's what happens in your body and lead to the immune-related disorders. And you can see like miscarriage and also other symptoms come out. Okay, okay. And of course, without the long-term data, we really have no knowledge of, of the prognosis of these vaccinated individuals over the long-term and what their health outcomes may be. Yes, you have to have the long-term data and you have to have the very good uh, groups and compared to control groups, you should do the study and you should do the very detailed study. I mean, this is not only one pathway or two pathways because in your body, the immune system actually is very huge and it involves the cells, cytokines, the proteins, and uh, the other uh, factors. All these things go together and you spend a lot of time for scientists to, to understand what happened. Now we have to say that we need the data that is the first step from the clinical data and from the experimental data. We can further, I mean, identify the uh, important potential adverse effect and focus on that. We can develop the vaccine. So that, that's why I keep telling people, understand the origin of the virus is the most foundational things in this pandemic. Because once you understand how China modified the virus, you can first remove this kind of function in the vaccine when you're doing uh, development. And then you can focus on those functions to uh, develop the target drugs 
or target other uh, preventions uh, like vaccines, this kind of method to cut off the transmission and also to protect people in the infection. And so people who are COVID recovered, who have their own natural antibodies, should they be taking a vaccine or is that a dangerous uh, practice? First, I want to say that the vaccine is not safe enough and it is shown that it's not efficient enough too because they cannot against the more uh, variant even within the short term, like three to six months, right? Effect, uh, efficiency goes down in the data. So I don't personally recommend people to use the vaccine, but also it's your own choice. I mean, uh, I just want to say this cannot be mandated. It is really the mistake if you do the vaccine mandate. And the other thing is I want to say humans have their own natural immunity. Although in the COVID cases, I always want to tell people get avoid of infection because you know this is not some kind of virus. This is malicious. This is unrestricted by weapon. But once you get infected and you get your natural immunity, I didn't see any reason why they need to use vaccine to enhance it. They can get a test to say they're the winning of the antibodies. And before they still have, before they lost all this kind of natural immunity against the, the coronavirus, I mean, there is no reason for them to get vaccine. And so with somebody who has COVID recovered, they should not be subject to another COVID infection. Uh, there's some in, in, here in Canada, that is a, a fact which seems to fall on deaf ears. And whereas your researchers like Peter McCullough um, out of Texas, he's quite convinced that uh, a COVID infection can only happen once. What are your thoughts uh, there? There are some suspicious reinfection cases. And uh, I have done the antibody uh, research using the first-hand data from China, the biggest, one of the big hospitals uh, have the COVID patients. And it shows that some people they get infected, but because they have a the mild symptom, uh, so their antibody actually uh, is not strong. And even 20% of people from those data, they didn't show the robust IgG antibodies. So consider to that situation, I mean, these people is kind of vulnerable against the next uh, infection, especially when the mutant change become uh, different. But somehow we need to back to see the data. First, you say that uh, the whole outbreak start in the Western countries only within one and a half years until now, right? So usually it's after the natural uh, infection. Most of people, their immunity uh, can last for 12 to 18 months and even longer. So in this case, there is a one uh, very uh, big possibility is those natural infected people actually still have their robust natural immunity against the variant. But we don't know later, like, for example, two years later or later, we know the antibody would going down in your body and your body's memory goes down. At that time, they would be still vulnerable to the new variants. And apparently the, the variants are not going to go away. I would imagine they're going to continue to uh, be produced. Action. And then if we have more data to show the antibody uh, from the infected people still robust, there is no way for them, no reason for them to get vaccine, especially mandate vaccine.
Yes, yes. Well, I wish I wish you would get on the phone with our provincial health officer, uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, and tell her that because uh, she's uh, firing nurses uh, right now as we speak from hospitals that refuse to be uh, vaccinated. So we're in a very strange situation here. I mean, Canada is rapidly moving along the pathway to becoming similar to China, uh, which is very upsetting. Um, oh, I, uh, sorry. I, what, I, I, go ahead. You can if you can invite those people to come to your show. I'm happy to discuss with them in a very friendly, open attitude, and we can be very detailed in the scientific way, or we can be in the public health way, because I also teach the public health uh, course uh, in, for the MBBS student in the University of Hong Kong. So we can do a lot of discussion and let your audience to make the judgment that whose evidence will be more solid and which side they prefer, all these things. Well, I don't think they're going to do that willingly, Dr. Yan. There's several lawsuits pending, uh, which they're unhappy to go to court with the, the court data some years in advance. So, I mean, I, if I would welcome you to, to join us on such a discussion, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, one, of, one of my final questions here for you, you know, in light of all this scientific evidence, which, you know, people like yourself and others have been bringing forward in terms of, you know, the origins of COVID and, and the, the, the pathogenicity the the the, the, vac the vaccines are not working as as they should be. Why do the public health agencies globally, not just in Canada and America, but in Europe as well, why do they continue on with this this charade and and this uh, you know pretending that COVID is something that it's not? Uh, has the CCP infiltrated many of these organizations and people, or or what do you think is happening here? One hand, is CCP really infiltrated? In and manipulated those uh, international organizations like the WHO and uh, Food Agriculture Organization, and also like authorities, including FDA and HCDC in America, and the Nature uh, Science Lancet, such top medical journals, and also big pharmacies. Uh, on the other hand, that uh, those people actually, once they realize, I mean, certain scientists and certain people, senior people in those places, once they realize China is lying, once they realize that actually the virus is highly possibility from Chinese lab at that time, I mean, they didn't uh, choose to tell the truth because they also see the downstream benefits, uh, benny, uh, benefits for themselves. For example, the drugs like the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin are so cheap, but if you try to promote some new drugs, even it has more side effect, uh, even if it's not good enough, all vaccines, you will have a potential big market, and that means a lot of money. And also, they know that once there are CCP and other people work together, and if they cooperate, uh, cooperate with them, become the allies, they can get reputations, they can get many other things they want. So they don't want to take the risk to tell the truth, and they don't want uh, waste the time to change the narrative by themselves. They choose to stay together and work towards the money or reputations, but doing the bad things. So that means we need to really focus on all these things. And from the beginning, we should clear the CCP and let it not doing the bad things behind because that is a nation, right? So as a big nation, it can has a, a huge power to do such infiltration and manipulation. We have first to wake up people, wake up our government, 
and makes the I mean your government and helps the policymakers to change your policies and to deal with China to stop this malicious behavior, stop China's world dominant process. And also on the other hand, you have to use your law to hold those people who are in your countries, who are your citizens, but doing the things harm to your own populations uh, be accountable. That, that's my suggestions. Yeah, no, that, that's a great suggestion. We're, we're hoping that at some point in the future that there will be uh, some trials and hearing and, and people held accountable for their actions. I mean, still today in BC, we have people, uh, and in Canada in general, we have people in hospitals dying from COVID because they refuse to administer ivermectin or HCQ. Uh, that, that's considered dangerous uh, and, and conspiratorial uh, science which clearly isn't the case. And, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're in a very strange situation here in Canada. Um, as the world thinks of Canada as this first world country with a public health care system that services everybody, um, you know, something else is happening here and the, the, it's not acceptable. Yes, yeah, it's everywhere around the world and which is really, I mean, out of my uh, imagination. Uh, when, when last year, when I tried to tell all the people I know China uh, strong and I know I get a, a threat that I can be disappeared at any time, but I didn't know that uh, the things will get worse still like now. And I suppose there would be more brave people are telling the truth. But somehow I, I won't tell you that we already can see the good direction because compared last year to um, present and we can see that majority of people realize the virus is not from nature. And most of people don't believe China's lies that virus come from other countries. And also you can see that China even tried to allege America as a, a place to develop this bioweapon and release it to the world. So I think all this evidence and the circumstantial evidence and your concern about your own health, your family's health, could be the uh, very good motive for people to stand out and tell your government what you think about and tell your government to do the actions. That's to help our own, uh, ourselves and also to help the case future. Very good. Well, Dr. Yan, you're, you're a very brave soul. I appreciate uh, your knowledge. You're a very intelligent uh, woman, a very brave. And I, I hope that all the listeners and viewers uh, gain some knowledge here and get out into their networks and, and share this information because this is the information that the world needs to know so that we can move beyond this. Um, if there's anything that we can do to assist your work, please let us know. Uh, you're in our prayers for your safety because uh, one lady taking on the CCP is a big task. And uh, we're very, very impressed and very honored to uh, have spent some time with you today. Um, and in closing, how can our how can our listeners and viewers learn more about you and your work? Is there a website we can direct them to? Oh yes, please. Uh, if you can uh, show my Twitter account, because I have only one Twitter now, which is Dr. Limon Yin, and I have over eleven thousand, uh, uh, over one hundred and ten thousand uh, followers. But there are over hundreds of the fake. Uh, Dr. Li Mengyin's account online because CCP tried to use the fake Twitter account to uh, spread misinformation and to ruin my reputation. So if you could please let people to follow my real account, Dr. Li Mengyin with 110,000 followers. 
and also I'm the uh, comics and also the commentary for America Out Loud. And you can search that website. I will post some papers there and do the regularly uh, broadcast there. Excellent. Well, uh, Dr. Yan, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. And uh, I'm sure uh, as you develop more knowledge, uh, we'd love to have you back and uh, bring that knowledge out. And, and as we discussed uh, prior to the show, I have a few uh, other research scientists I'd love to introduce you to, and they're uh, very eager to speak with you. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, keep doing what you're doing. We all, the, the citizens of the world, need to hear your message. Uh, we appreciate you greatly, and uh, God bless. Thank you, Michael. With my pleasure, I'm happy to be back with you later. Okay, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.